1: Well, welcome to Quantum number 115. Uh, Quantum is a podcast that looks at news and views from a Christian perspective and culture and so on. I suspect you're not going to get such a combination of news as you get on here, but maybe you you know better. Well, last week we ended up where I had to put a wee insert about President Trump getting COVID after that debate. And this week we're going to begin with this.
0: Joe is gonna invest that money in what we need to do around innovation. There was a time when our country believed in science and invested in research and development so that we were an innovation leader on the globe. Joe Biden will use that money to invest in education. So for example, for folks who wanna go to a two-year community college, it will be free. If you come from a family that makes less than $125,000, you'll go to a public university for free.
1: And across the board, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris want to raise taxes. They want to time. bury our economy under a $2 trillion dollar Green New Deal, which you were one of the original co-sponsors of in the United States Senate. They want to abolish fossil fuels and ban fracking, which would cost hundreds of thousands of American jobs all across the heartland. And Joe Biden wants to go back to the economic surrender to China, that when we took office, half of our international trade deficit was with China alone. And Joe Biden wants to repeal all of the terrorists well, that President Trump... Well, you'll notice something. I watched the debate between Kamala Harris and uh, Mike Pence, and it really was quite extraordinary. Uh, what I mean, extraordinary in the sense of how different it was from the previous one between President Trump and Vice President, ex-Vice President Biden. I just thought it was, first of all, it was respectful, it was polite, Secondly, there was a lot more policy content in it, and thirdly, um, it was just interesting to see how people report it, because again, the kind of media is obsessed with being anti-Trump, and So they struggled to report it. I mean, some were saying, oh, oh, Harris did better. But I think anyone watching that as a neutral would see Pence as the more presidential and the more informative. However, I would say that um, there was uh, something else as well. And that is, after the heights of that debate, uh, and that's what I would call it... uh, It was just so depressing to see the reporting. Let's take, for example, the New York Times tweeting out about a fly on Mike Pence's head. Now, it's little wonder that American politics is in the gutter. If every time it begins to rise above the gutter, even publications like the New York Times, just pull it back there again. Okay, some other follow-up from last week. In Armenia, the situation between Armenia and Azerbaijan. That's continuing and it is pretty close to all-out war. In Hong Kong, the Chinese government or the Communist Party are continuing to take over the whole territory. And again, again, so disappointing to see the New York Times publishing an article, publishing an article, uh, defending the the Communist Party doing that. Now, if you want to know why the New York Times does this, you do need to read Hidden Hand. And again, I put a blog up this week looking at how the Chinese Communist Party buy influence. uh, And there's a kind of unholy trinity of progressives, capitalist corporations, and the CAP. And then there's the story, sticking with China and the Catholic Church, of um, Mike Pompeo, the Secretary of State, telling Pope Francis that he really should not be doing deals with the Chinese Communist Party. And I think we have to say amen to that. And then there's this extraordinary story of Cardinal Pell. Now, Cardinal Pell was the third highest figure in the Catholic Church. He was accused in Australia of uh, sex abuse. He was initially found guilty and then on appeal found not guilty. But now there have been some extraordinary allegations that uh, a disgraced Catholic cardinal, Giovanni Bicciu, I think is how you pronounce it. He was a rival of Cardinal Pell. It's been reported in three Italian newspapers that he's been suspected of paying one point one million dollars in church money to bribe witnesses against Cardinal Pell. I I don't know if that's true, but the story itself, even the story itself, is breathtaking. All right, let's go to the United Kingdom and let's go to the Conservative Party
2: virtual conference and let's go to the Prime Minister. I was going to say how great it is to be here in Birmingham, but the fact is that we're not in Birmingham. This is not a conference hall. And alas, I can't see any of you in front of me. There's no one to clap or heckle. I don't know about you, but I have had more than enough of this disease that attacks not only human beings, but so many of the greatest things about our country, our pubs, our clubs, our football, our theater, and all the gossipy gregariousness and love of human contact that drives, although I was superficially in the pink of health when I caught it, I had a very common underlying condition. My friends, I was too fat. And I've since lost 26 pounds, and you can imagine that in bags of sugar. And I'm going to continue that diet because you've got to search for the hero inside yourself in the hope that, that individual is considerably slimmer. And uh, when you look. for the hero inside yourself) search-
1: Now, this caused me to despair, why? This was Jolly Boris, good fellow. Yeah, everything's going to be rosy. And just to hear him talk, I I found so much of it vacuous. The United Kingdom needs leadership at this time. And instead they're being offered some kind of joke where people are being told, well, don't worry in a year's time, everything's going to be wonderful. We're going to have this all sorted out. I was just a hero. And then just this extraordinary song. I mean, I had hoped that being so seriously ill with COVID would have taught Boris Johnson some degree of humility. And instead, he's still doing this. We can defeat it. Where there's no sign of any repentance, and there's no sign of any humility. And what an absolutely awful message to give to people! You've got to search for the hero inside yourself. No, no. We we need someone out with something out with. There, there's no hero inside me. And you know what? There's no hero inside Boris, and there's no hero inside you. And then the other stuff he was going on about this kind of we're going to get juice cleanly and without guilt from the wind turning Britain into a giant wind farm. Now I think climate change is serious although having read Michael uh, Schellenberger's Apocalypse Never um, I think that people like Boris are far too simplistic they don't realise just how much carbon footprints wind farms leave but it was just so depressing No answer to the immediate situation. In a year's time, everything's gonna be wonderful. Just trust me and search for the hero inside yourself. That's not leadership. That's abdication of leadership. Okay, um, I wonder if you recognize this. That was the All Blacks doing a haka at the funeral of Joan Alomo. Now, if you know rugby at all, you'll know Joan Alomo. I, just, I remember watching him, just this amazingly huge, muscular bulk of a man, an All Black, who just trampled over his opponents. Well, what made me think of him? Well, Rugby Australia, have, who are in a right mess, have been in possession of a transgender participation guideline which has been developed by World Rugby in consultation with developmental biologists, medical experts and port scientists. Now this guideline is 38 pages long. It references 45 scientific reports. It says that it's not safe nor fair for transgender players who are biologically male to play in women's rugby uh though it shouldn't take 45 scientific reports to point that out but it does and they demonstrate that where a male player tackles a female it creates a minimum of a 20 to 30% greater risk for those female players now what rugby australia has done has issued its own trans inclusion guidelines, made no reference to any of these scientific reports, doesn't mention the world rugby findings and lays out a procedure to allow biological males who say they are women to play women's rugby. It is abuse in the name of inclusion. And sticking with the transgender theme, let's go away the opposite end from Jonah Lomo. This is Dame Jenny Murray.
0: And that is that. And no one put it better in 1971, long before my life on Woman's Hour, than Helen Reddy, whose death we heard of this week. So it's goodbye from me. Thank you all
1: for listening and being such a vital part of the Woman's Hour family. And thanks also to the three men in my family who've given endless support. David, Ed and Charlie, born in 1987. Now I have to confess, I don't listen to Woman's Hour. And Mrs Robertson does. But uh, I do know James, Dame Jenny Murray and I do know that she's been a very good presenter for many years on that programme. But she's left and that was a clip of her last programme. And she said that she wasn't leaving because of ageism on the part of the BBC. She made the decision, she says, when it became clear to me that it was time to move on and be free of the, leaf which, of the leash, which in recent years had caused me to be what I can only describe as cancelled. She wrote an article in which she said she was not transphobic or anti-trans, but she stated a belief that uh, everyone should be treated with respect, protected from bullying and violence, but she merely asked that trans activists to acknowledge the difference between sex and gender, a trans woman and a woman, and respect her right to single... Safe single sex spaces and abandon the nonsensical idea that we should be known as cis women. And so in the madness that is the modern world and the virus that's infected the minds of the elites and the cultural elites in our world, Dame Jenny Murray has been canceled. Woman's hour will still be there, but it's cis women and trans women's hour and she has gone. And let me stick with this subject. Uh, I got some correspondence from someone. And thank you, by the way, for all of you who correspond. It's just great to get so many comments from so many different people and people all over the world. It really is incredible, including China, by the way. Someone who was at the University of Glasgow pointed out that they were preached transgender literature all the time, even doing a master's degree. They were told how humanity had enslaved animals and that animals should be liberated and that they were marked down on a paper because they included a heterosexual couple and they were accused of being too heteronormative and that characters should explore their sexuality more. This, this is in a literature course, I believe. Yeah. You don't think there's a problem with universities? There's a major, major problem. And there is a major problem in our elites. This is my quote of the week from Prince Harry. For as long as structural racism exists, there will be generations of young people of color who do not start their lives with the same equality of opportunity as their white peers. As an example of total unself-awareness, that that is special, I mean really special. Here is Prince Harry, multimillionaire, not because of anything that he's done, but because of his birth, complaining, that there are people who do not start with the same equality of opportunity. Just wow. All right, bit of music. course was van halen the band formed in 1972 uh dutch american sold more than 56 million albums uh 10 of their albums went multi-platinum one sold more than 6 million uh the big thing though of course van halen died this week was just his guitar work reckoned to be one of the best guitars in the world and yet when you read his life story so sad and so pathetic. But that got me thinking about another brilliant guitarist. And I wonder if you've heard of this one.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I take great pleasure and bring it to you, one of the greatest, one of the world's greatest gospel singers, and guitar virtuoso, the inimitable Sister Rosetta Thorpe.
0: a guitar that was made of steel and it was loud and she would just get on this wonder drink and start banging on it and, and look, the people would go crazy
1: That's Sister Rosetta Tharp I think it was in 1964 at a railway station in Manchester Now, if you want, you YouTube her story because it's an amazing story. Um, She's African-American gospel singer who most people now reckon was one of the key inventors, if you like, of rock and roll. Um, As Bob Dylan says, she was a big, good-looking woman and divine, not to mention sublime and splendid. She was a powerful force of nature, a guitar playing, singing evangelist. Well, she was. Now, I would like to be able to say because she worked in a church or because she called herself an evangelist that everything was fine, but it wasn't. And it seems to me that much of her life was also incredibly sad, although it does appear towards the end she returned um, to the Lord. Meanwhile, a film I want to recommend is the Netflix documentary, uh, The Social Dilemma absolutely phenomenal film in so many ways and it's you know I've written about it and it's caused me to rethink my own practices as well. Um, One of you actually wrote me which was great uh, after reading that article and suggesting that I get off Google and I've started on DuckDuckGo and it's wonderful Um, I'm beginning to look at other ways that I can release myself from the tech giants because I am increasingly concerned about the censorship that they are showing So both Twitter and Facebook removed this post. Now, this is the post, right? Flu season is coming up. Many people every year, sometimes over 100,000, and despite the vaccine, die from the flu. Are we going to close down our country? No, we've learned to live with it, just like we're learning to live with COVID. In most populations, far less lethal. Now, what's wrong with that tweet? Why is it being removed? It's being removed because they say it presents false information, but there, there's no false information in there. But it was a tweet by President Trump. And so down it goes. I think the way that the tech giants are going, we are going to end up in what is in effect an authoritarian technocracy. And the sooner ordinary people liberate themselves from that, the better. And that's why Google, bye bye. That's Johnny Nash, another person who died. Great song. I can see clearly now that the rain has gone. It's going to be a bright, 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 sunshiny day. I think there is a darkness that's over the world. And I think there is a great deal of confusion. And I think it'd be great to see. But we will only see when spiritual light is shined upon us. And of course, that's the light of Jesus Christ. Now, one man who knew about that is an Irish Presbyterian minister called Noel Agnew. And again, I was kind of sorry to hear that he had died. Here's a wee clip of Noel just before he died.
0: I often wonder, living in this day when we're supposed to be liberated, how we as members of the church can be so reserved. As I preach, I often look at people sitting there and I think to myself, am I as bad a preacher as it seems to them? They're sitting looking as if they were dead. Yet here we see these people rejoicing together. And We as the people of God should be joining with them because we have reason beyond reason to celebrate what Jesus has accomplished on our behalf. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Wonderful welcome he's receiving. But even there, there are people looking to pick faults. Look what happens in verse 30. Some of the Pharisees, verse 39, sorry, were saying, teacher, rebuke your disciples. What does Jesus say? I tell you, he replied, if they kept quiet, the stones will cry out. We're in the presence of true greatness here. My friends, we need to get this. This Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one in whom all power rests, the power of life and death. He is not just some figure.
1: He's a a broad Ulsterman. He's very much part of the Cree Fellowship. Um, He was one of these people for whom a larger than life personality is a very apt description. Uh, he was a head teacher and he brought an academic rigor to his study of scripture, but really it was as an assistant minister and in Gannon in 1990, Old Park, Belfast, where he was minister in 1991, uh, To then he was in Bellachy and Noch Lochrum, I think is how you pronounce it. Sorry, all my Ulster friends. Then he went to West Kirk and then he retired to live in White Abbey. Um, I, I knew Noel through meeting him at Creef uh, and we kept in touch. And I'm thankful he's now with the Lord. And I long that there would be more good Ulster preachers like him and, and many others as well. Because that's where the only hope in this world is is going to come. So let me just go back over all of this. Look, what are we seeing? We're seeing an American presidential election, which is really quite ugly and quite depressing. And I'm just depressed at the thought of, you know, I think I'm depressed at the thought of Trump winning it. But I'm even more depressed at the thought of Biden winning it. It's just extraordinary. We're seeing war in Armenia and Azerbaijan. We're seeing corruption within the church. We're seeing political leadership like Boris Johnson inept confused, proud, hubristic, cannot cope with the, the idea of a plague that they cannot control. We're seeing the elites in the world, whether it's the sports elites like Rugby Australia or the media elites like the BBC, imposing a cruel and wicked doctrine upon people. We're seeing, you know, the frailty of humanity, People who are great musicians like Van Halen and like Sister Rosetta Tharp and like Johnny Nash, they make great music, but they all die. We're seeing the, the frailty of, of humanity. How can we sing? How do our songs last? Well, I, I think ultimately we are made for singing and we are made for singing God's praise, even though they don't let us do that just now on earth, at least not in congregationally. But I I think that's where we're at. And again, one of you sent me this and I just thank you so much for sending me this. This is, again, the ingenuity of humanity. This is a virtual choir singing the great song, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. What's going on in the world and what this quantum is telling you is that we live in a world which is sinking sand. Even the things you think are solid, they are sinking sand. But those who have their hope built on Jesus Christ, we're standing on the rock. We're standing on the solid rock. Move off that, you sink. Stay with that, you stand. If, you, if you're if you listening to this, you don't even know what that means, then I, I urge you and beg you to find out. Drop me a line, write the TheweFlea at gmail.com. Just write me and and ask any questions that you want. I'm pleased that so many do. But we're seeing the context in a much... The the, the news, rather, in a much bigger context. Have you got a better one than seeing it in the light of the one who's got the whole world in his hands? My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. See you next week. God bless.